0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Patreon supporter Amy Lynch. If you'd like to learn how you can support the podcast through a small, recurring monthly donation, log on to schooloflaughs.com forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thanks, Amy. We're also sponsored this week by FunnyAndAmen.com. Kevin Hackenberg and his team up in Philadelphia produce high-quality comedy videos, whether it's live footage of your concerts, of your shows, or if you want to do a funny video to one of your songs or one of your bits, Kevin and his team at FunnyAndAmen are the guys and gals to call. Check them out, FunnyAndAmen.com online, and see if Kevin can help you get your video under control. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the podcast, Rick Roberts here, and thanks again to all of our Patreon supporters who keep the podcast alive with their small recurring monthly donation, as little as 3 to $10, somewhere in there, whatever fits your budget, it does help, and thanks to Amy Lynch, who I met her a few years ago, she took the live comedy classes here in Nashville, and she shot me this email not too long ago, said, Rick, I keep working on the comedic techniques you taught me, and last night I got so many laughs after my keynote that people started asking if I do stand up. Thanks to you, hey Amy, that's all you right there keeping the keeping the focus on being funny as you deliver your speaker keynote. That's cool stuff there, and uh, look forward to seeing you at the NSA conference later this summer. All right, we're going to jump into today's episode. At the end of the episode, I'll talk to you about uh, upcoming classes and uh, all kinds of good stuff there. But today I'm going to talk about a concert I got to go see just last night so it's still fresh in my mind. Steve Martin and Martin Short. Now if you're my age, I'm 48 years old, if you're my age and up, those names are huge comedy names to you. Uh, Steve Martin especially, I think a lot of folks uh, my age and up, just when he came onto the scene, he was a total breath of fresh air. You know, A lot of the comics at that time were kind of angry, uh, very protest-oriented, guys like Carlin, uh, guys like Klein. They were very, you know, just everything annoyed them. And Steve Martin came on the scene, a total goofball, and changed a lot of things. And, you know, whether I realized it or not back then, he was one of the guys that made me, you know, understand stand-up to a degree that it was a, a thing you do. Like, really, I don't know if I'd seen anybody do comedy before that, I'd seen some Bill Cosby things on TV, you know, saw a few different things like that. But when he came out and was doing short skits, all kind of sewed together, where it was the, the balloon animal bit that he was doing, you know, where the one of the balloons would curl up and wrap around the microphone stand, and he would kind of get stuck to it, trying to pull it off, doing some mime, all the way to his magic tricks, which were, <laughs> you know, if you don't know Steve Martin, he did these comedy specials. He used to open for bands, so he was starting to do these huge arenas. And he would do these tiny magic tricks, like no no one even in the front row could see what he was doing. And uh, just that kind of insane comedy really got me into it. And honestly, when I first started doing comedy back in 91, I think that's when... I can't remember if it's 90 or 91 but back when I first started in the back of my mind I was like oh I'm going to do like Steve Martin did you know (laughs) yeah good luck with that there's only one Steve Martin and he did it so well he had to stop and take a break because he couldn't follow what the expectations were you know but I do remember that and it kind of reminds me of a Maria Bamford bit where she's in the, the lobby of a hotel and she meets some guy and he's like so what do you do? he's like I'm a stand up. He's like oh yeah, yeah, if I was a stand up I'd be just like Seinfeld, you know, sell out arenas, make a ton of money, have a TV show and then coast. Yeah, people people think it's that easy. I thought it was not easy, but I wanted to kind of be a Steve Martin type of comic and you know, early on it just it just didn't work, you know, I was trying to do some really crazy things and at that time in the early 90s, uh, they kind of wanted more more meat to it, a little less goofy. And so, you know, sometimes the times dictate a little bit your direction. But last night, got to go see Steve Martin and Martin Short with my wife and another couple, Scott Dunn, who's a, a great comedy writer. And you may have seen him back in the comedy clubs back in the day. We went out to the Grand Ole Opry right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, the show was sold out. I'm not sure exactly how many fit in the Opry, but it, it sold out the day it went on sale. We got $90 balcony tickets, $90 a piece. So uh, there you go. Keep working hard. Maybe you'll be charging 90 bucks for your show one day. But I had no problem paying it because to me it was like an investment in comedy. You know, It was a, a chance to learn and watch two great comedians. And not just stand-up comedy but sketch. Uh, they do so much stuff in their show that I just knew it was going to be a great night. 100% satisfied. Uh, there wasn't a dead minute in the two-hour show. It just moved so fast and it was everything I wanted it to be. So what I wanted to do today is kind of, you know, bring a few of you younger comics maybe up to speed on who Steve Martin and Martin Short are and what they did and then kind of give you eight or nine things that I learned, let's just say nine things, that I picked up from watching Steve Martin and Martin Short that you can apply to your comedy, but also I think if you're a business person, you can apply these things as well. Performer, speaker, whatever it might be, these are... uh, Nine tips from the concert I caught last night. So let's first start off talking about who Steve Martin is. Okay, if you're not too familiar, I think everybody's fairly familiar, especially if you listen to this pod- this uh, podcast. But you know, he started out back in the '60s. Uh, you know, before he even got on TV, he was doing magic at Walt Disney World, and you know, practicing his craft back then. Worked in a magic shop when he wasn't on stage i got in some review shows there. A lot of this you can read about in his book, Born Standing Up, which is a killer book. I'll link to that in the show notes. And then he got some TV breaks uh, in the 60s. You know, the Smothers Brothers were as big as they were ever going to get. And he was a writer on that show, also performed on that show. And that led to shows like Sonny and Cher, Carol Burnett. He was actually in the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. You may not know that, but he was in that movie. Then he came out in 79 with the jerk, which if anybody has a list of top 10 comedy movies, the jerk's always on it. For me, it's in the top three. you know this is spinal tap, probably number one, the jerk number two and raising Arizona number three if you're keeping track. but uh, you know hit that the jerk and then boom, game on. super funny. And went on to do semi-serious roles after that, but always had that kind of underlying humor element to it. Uh, Pennies from Heaven, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, Man with Two Brains. Then in 86 is when he first met Martin Short. Now, what had Martin Short done at that time? Martin Short had done SCTV and a little bit of uh, Saturday Night Live. And then, boom, he's in Three Amigos. And as he says in the concert last night, that was like his first big break. And there he is with uh, Chevy Chase. And Steve Martin, and then here's this guy, Martin Short. So he got a, a comedy education, kind of, and he was uh, a little intimidated. But at that point, the biggest movie for him. And, and like I say, Steve Martin already had several movies underneath his belt before The Three Amigos. And I was pretty confident in what he did there. Then, here comes Steve Martin again. Let's finish out his little his thing. 87, he does Roxanne. And after that, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Parenthood, My Blue Heaven, L.A. Story, uh, cheaper by the dozen Just a ton of great movies Then we flip back over to Martin Short He does the Three Amigos with Steve Martin And then shortly after that a couple years later Does his Ed Grimley TV show Which is actually a TV show Not just a character on a show uh, Did some stuff with Tracy Ullman Had a movie Clifford out of 94 Where he was a 10 year old prepubescent boy And uh, some people love that movie <laughs> A lot of people try to forget it uh, Father of the Bride Another great movie Um, Then he did his Primetime Glick Where he got this Jiminy Glick character Funny, funny character Uh, Pulls that out in the live concert Then did stuff on HBO like Weeds And uh, back on TV, How I Met Your Mother Did a few spots on that And then went on to Broadway Did some Hairspray And then the live TV version of Hairspray So both guys Accomplished actors, entertainers uh, Steve Martin, a little older, he's 72. Martin Short actually turned 67 on the 23rd of March, so probably by the time this comes out, he will have been uh, having a birthday party there, 67. So these aren't young guys, but let me tell you, after watching their show last night, they've got a lot of left in the tank. are uh, plenty of stuff to do. And they've been doing this concert series together since 2015. I'm, uh, I'm ex- excited that I saw it kind of two years into development. Uh, from what I understand, when it first started out, there was a lot of audience Q&A and some downtime, and it was you know, just a little bit more It lacked the skits and sketches, I guess, that it has now, but it was pretty fine-tuned last night. Like I said, two hours nonstop, and just tons of great stuff. So what lessons can we learn from Steve Martin and Martin Short? Uh, I think the first lesson is keep working. I mean, these guys both started out I mean, if you look at that list, man, many, many years ago And, you know, back into the 60s for Steve Martin and, you know, actually in the 70s for Martin Short if you count some of the smaller stuff that he did. So long time, long careers, 40 years, you know, for these guys. And they just keep doing what works for them. They keep, you know, taking on new challenges, which we'll get to in a second. But they keep working. You know, a lot of people, I think, stand-ups, if you're just now starting, almost every show you do – you have one of two reactions. Your first reaction is, man, that crushes. I can't wait to get back on stage. This is my calling. And then the very next show, you're like, I'm crushed. This is not my calling. I wonder if they're still hiring over at Lowe's. And <laughs> you've got to persevere. I mean, if this is something that you're going to want to do, there really will never be a question in your heart or your mind if you should keep doing it. Hopefully, you're in tune enough with the audience reaction to realize if you should keep doing it or not. But if it's your calling, you're going to keep at it, and you're going to get better and just get stronger. Both of these guys, funnier now than ever. I mean, they've got just their characters, their Their timing is so good. Uh, they've done the show enough together where their timing is great live, and they keep working. I think that's the number one thing that you can take away from the show I saw last night is you know, hopefully I'll see this show in 10 years, maybe a slightly different version of it, and they're going to include the stuff in the past decade that they're still coming up with. Uh, so number one lesson, keep working. Number two... A comedy buddy keeps you humble. Let me tell you, I know those guys are good friends, but they had so many great lines back and forth to each other about, uh, you know, some of their failures in comedy, which is a little side lesson, you know, failure can be funny if you learn from it and you remember it and you have perspective on it. And I'm not going to like give away too much of their show, but you know, so many great lines back and forth. You know, uh, Steve Martin telling Martin Short that, you know, a lot of performers have a lull in their career, and it happens to everybody. So, what happened to you between 1978 and 2003? This <laughs> is a great line. And then Martin Short, you know, is like, you know, Steve, I have probably watched Cheaper by the Dozen a hundred times, and at the end of every time I watch it, I ask you, why do we have to keep watching this movie? <laughs> so it's right back and forth with each other, uh, never getting too too deep or too personal. But definitely taking jabs at each other's careers. And, you know, they showed photos of each other, not only on sets, but back in their early days, as young as, uh, you know, five years old, standing next to their Christmas presents and uh, all that kind of stuff, trips, family vacations on the beach. And then in their cool, maybe not as cool as they think they are, teenage and 20 years where they got afros and leather jackets and all this stuff. But having that comedy buddy definitely keeps you humble. And, you know, I think also keeps you working. You know, they only worked on a couple of projects together before they did this concert series. But if you don't have a a comedy buddy in your town or online, you know, that you can communicate with, share your victories, you know, help nurse their wounds when they're not uh, doing as well and kind of pulling each other along, I think you're really missing out. And I understand that comics to a great degree are introverts, but two introverts can connect and help each other out. So I really encourage you at this point, at any point in your comedy career, is to have that little three or four mastermind, if you want to call it, group of comics who are either a little ahead of you, a little behind you, or right where you're at, and pull each other along. You're going to be able to do something that's better than what they can do. You're going to have connections that they can't generate and vice versa. And when you're pulling each other along, you definitely move a lot faster. Uh, When I started out in Columbus, Ohio, back in the early 90s, there was probably no kidding 25 or 30 comics that i would see every single week and three or four of those became my best buddies and we always wrote together kept each other accountable you know drove each other to gigs you know, carpooled to showcases up in cleveland or over in dayton or indianapolis or louisville toledo all that kind of stuff and having that comedy buddy is going to keep you sane and help you know that you're not in this alone and there's a lot of things you go through where whew, you know you just don't know am i going to make it through this or not Having somebody that's been there, done that, to help you through it is great, and you can be that person for somebody else. So, number two, a comedy buddy keeps you humble. Number three, you're never too big, too successful, or too old to do something else. And that's something that I really walked away from last night watching. I mean, if you know anything about Steve Martin, he doesn't need to work, even though they kind of made the reference to if we'd saved money, we wouldn't have to do this show, and uh, this is the... The greatest show you're going to forget tomorrow and that kind of stuff self-deprecating but both these guys are established they don't have to do what they're doing and that kind of made it even more fun to watch to see these guys that are doing what they really really love uh, they're pulling out bits and, and things from their careers and writing some new stuff that they really enjoy doing and sure they're making a nice paycheck I'm sure but they're doing it because they want to do it they definitely don't have to Steve Martin's got I don't know how many millions of dollars invested in his art collection and you know he could sell one art piece every month and have more money than all of us (laughs) do in our entire career but you know I think part of his art desire is to keep buying pieces and that keeps him out on the road doesn't have to do it but this is funding his other dreams and his love of of art you know Martin Short here's a guy who's like I said going to be 67 this week not too old Steve Martin 72 not too old and just going gangbusters i mean they have more energy in some parts of their shows than i do and i'm 48 so you're never too big or too old to get out there and do it it's a great asset to have worked for so long and keep working that you have decades you know between them eight decades or more of material to pull from but it's not too late to get out there and do something it may not be the traditional path you may not be a club comedian you know schlepping around the country 45 weeks a year trying to to get found and, and get noticed and all that kind of stuff but you can find gigs you can find areas that are underserved and perform for them and have a good time doing it it may not even be a full time or part time career it may just be a hobby which is fine just don't expect you know full time results from a hobbyist approach but you're never too old to get into something and you have a lot of life to pull from that's lesson number three and follow right along with that lesson number four is you can use your whole life as material now, whether you're starting today, tomorrow, or last year, you can pull from every single experience you've had in your entire life to create comedy. You know, it could be something as as simple as a memory and a punchline. It could be something as simple as recreating a scene that took place in your life and you know, exaggerating it to comedic levels. Uh, it could be writing your life story into a comedic book, a one-man show, one-woman show. Any of those things are possible. Taking those moments from your life and creating songs. I like to do that. I definitely would say that each CD I have, all my music CDs, and including my stand-up CDs, are really snapshots, photo albums, turned into audio recordings of my life at that point. And that's a great thing to have experience in your life. So if you're older, uh, you're not too old to get started, You know, make sure you start Jotting down every great moment you had in your life So you can start pulling from it Uh, And you're never too big Whatever you've got going on right now You can always find another thing to do And push yourself forward So that's number four Which leads us in nicely to number five Develop a second skill outside of stand-up Now a lot of you are thinking Man, I'm just trying to get my stand-up going Well, that's great And I want you to get your stand-up going And you don't have to develop a second skill But i love entertainers and i love to entertain and when i see comics like steve martin get up there and throw down on the banjo and do singing and be able to do bits and riff and improvise and work the crowd i see martin short up there able to sing really well dance do characters all of these things it just reminds me that you can never stop developing who you are and your material and having that secondary skill that's going to be what separates you from everybody else that just does stand up again nothing wrong with just doing stand up if that's what you're going to do do it be great at it pour every bit of effort into it but realize that developing a second thing is going to give you an edge now some people say only focus on one thing and do that a hundred percent i used to believe that and i believe that you could you know work on different things, and as you're working on those things, give it a hundred percent and not be distracted by the others. But developing a secondary skill is gonna keep the first skill fresh for you. and it's also gonna give you perspective and different tools that you can use in your stand up. So I really encourage you to you know pick up an instrument, learn how to do some magic, do ventriloquist, do voice, impressions. If you have a little bit of uh, desire to do that, do that. Definitely don't feel like you're you know cheating. That's one thing I got when I first started. Comics, when I had the guitar, and granted I wasn't a great guitar player, still I'm not, but comics felt threatened that the fact that I had a guitar and they didn't, and you know the way that they expressed that was, you're a hack if you're playing guitar and not just doing stand-up. Don't buy into that. Do your thing, do it well, and have that secondary skill that gets you uh, over the hump and gets you noticed and separates you from the pack. Uh, Definitely would do that, you know, and Steve Martin and Martin Short both pulled from all those experiences. Another thing I took away from last night is uh, you're never too big to shine your spotlight on somebody else. And now, if you haven't seen the show, you don't realize that there's a few more uh, people on stage than just Steve Martin and Martin Short. You know, Steve Martin has his band, which is the Steep Canyon Rangers. It's a bluegrass band. They they won a Grammy several years ago with the first bluegrass album that he ever put out. Uh, he had a, he had a great line about that. He said, "You know, this next song is off." Uh, I remember when I wrote this first song, and I remember walking out of the awards show with the Grammy, and two weeks later realizing I had won it. Uh, <laughs> pretty funny line, but he he had his Steep Canyon Rangers on sh- on stage with them, and I've got to tell you. They have a fiddle player, Nicky Sanders, who really stole the show, got a standing ovation, you know, two thirds of the way through the entire concert on his fiddle playing. And, you know, the, the Rangers had a big part of the backup of that. But he totally blew the roof off the place. And, you know, last, last week we lost Chuck Berry. And in the middle of one of his fiddle solos, he uh, broke into some Johnny B. Good. And, you know, kind of paid homage and tribute in the middle of that show, which I thought was a, a great classy touch. Uh, and it also showed me how, how good these, this guy's chops are, that he could bust into something. I know Johnny B. Good's not the most difficult thing to play, but to segue into that and out of it, along with you know, Flight of the Bumblebee and a few other things, just unbelievable. Now, Steve Martin and Martin Short definitely do not have to give the spotlight over to the steep, range, uh, steep canyon rangers and nikki at any point but they're pulling from their entire life of work and that was a big part and is a big part of who steve martin is now and to know you've got talent like that on stage with you and to to literally steve martin and martin short not even on stage and just let that band take over and and nikki take over was was pretty cool you know you're never too big to take the spotlight and shine it on other people also, Martin Short brought along his musical director Jeff Babco, who you probably know now from the Jimmy Kimmel show, but he's he's helped Martin Short with a lot of his musical stuff over the years, and you know they shine the spotlight on him a little bit. He definitely was a a small player in it, you know just having the the music on the piano in the background, but you know they utilized him and gave him some some microphone time as well. thought that was pretty cool, and they also brought people up from the audience. And pause there because I know some comics listening are like, hack, hack. W- what is hack? Really, hack is, you know, doing something that other people have done. Yeah, getting somebody else up on stage is frowned upon by way too many comics and probably too many club managers and owners. But I can tell you from doing shows for 27 years now that having a moment. With the audience, whether you're in the audience with them, you're on stage improvising with them, or they're on stage improvising with you, that is a nice touch, and it puts everybody in the audience in that person's shoes. So as I'm sitting up in the balcony, I'm thinking, what would I do if I was down there on stage with uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short? Now, would I, when they asked what I did for a job, would I tell them I was a comedian? Would that put too much pressure on me? Uh, would it, you know, not be the right thing to do? What would I do? And it just kind of gets you involved in the show in a way. And it wasn't uh, a long piece; it was maybe six six minutes tops, five or six minutes. But again, they're they shown the spotlight back on somebody else instead of themselves. So think about your show. Think about your career. You know, maybe it's not even on stage. Maybe it's you know you're doing something that could benefit somebody else in your comedy community. Whether it's a business approach, a marketing technique. Advertising, Google AdWords. Maybe you know something they don't know that could help them and you're afraid by telling them that that it may affect your job, your career. Uh, That's a mindset of scarcity, so I'd avoid doing that and I would come from a mindset of abundance and share some of that stuff. Help the other comics around you grow. Uh, You should do it just to do it, but you might find out too that as you do it, they're going to pull you along and help you with some things by shining their spotlight back on you. So... Another great thing, and also they shined it on each other. As much as they poke fun at each other, they also, you know, gave nice tributes to each other in ways that weren't pandering and that were funny. And they were able to share that spotlight in really four different ways, five different ways last night on each other, which is two, with the musical director, with the Steep Canyon Rangers, and with the audience. So I know your show is all about you, but there's also opportunities to involve others. So that's, that's number six. Hey, hang in there. We're almost through. Hope you're having fun so far. Number seven: Know what you are and who you are. I'll say that again slowly. Know what you are and who you are. Uh, when I say know what you are, you know they definitely made reference to the fact that here's two old guys on stage, you know, going after that coveted 65 and up demographic, and you know they weren't pretending they still were the 20 year old versions of themselves, uh, and you know they could have gone t- back to some bits uh that we all know like you know if i, I probably would have gone crazy if they did king tut and steve martin came out and did his thing and uh if you know martin short came out and did ed grimley i would have loved it but that's who they were 20 something 30 something years ago uh, they are who they are now They're a little bit older they got some perspective and they did that you know if you look at steve martin he's definitely more refined and focused, less wild and crazy guy, and more subtle wordsmith, you know, and a little bit still of that uh, false arrogance, which makes him so funny, especially once you understand it is false false arrogance, and man, Martin Short, he knows what he is, he is 100% USDA ham, I mean, I know he's a Canadian, Uh, he's Canadian ham, if you want to look at it that way, but there is nothing, and I won't give it away, but there is nothing he won't do on stage, to get a laugh. And I love that about him. Here's a guy who's turning 67 and he's acting like uh, a 10-year-old in spirit on stage. And that was cool. That was refreshing. And definitely some of the biggest laughs last night came from the childish, boyish version of Martin Short, uh, who he is still today. I mean, a lot of his his smugness and his smirkiness and all that kind of fake showbiz, uh, ritziness and all that kind of stuff. It's all a game and it's it's coming from a guy who's been in the game for many years. So knowing what you are and who you are also helps you take the right gigs, turn down the wrong gigs, make yourself stand out, separate yourself from the pack, all of those things. Be aware of who you are. And if you've been doing comedy for 10 years, you're not the same comic you were 10 years ago, even five years ago. You're changing and be in tune with that and know how to market yourself, know what gigs you're right for. And the gigs you're not right for... Shine that spotlight on somebody else that's coming right behind you and let them take the gig and you know be of value to them, be a mentor to them so that was number seven, know what you are who you are number eight, continue to grow artistically. you know Steve Martin did his stand up, got great at that, did his movies, wrote books, his biography, born standing up, great, but he also wrote other books. Learned how to play the banjo at an early age, but it wasn't until 10 years ago that he played banjo with a band, and that band helped earn a Grammy, you know. And he now can play and hold his own with anybody on stage. You know, they brought out guys on stage last night that, you know, many years ago I'm sure Steve Martin would have been afraid to play along with. Sam Bush came out, uh, they had uh, Jerry Douglas come out, play some Dobro, and he held his own with all those guys, and it was kind of cool to see continued to grow. Martin Short, even though he came from music and did some musical stuff early on, you know, more recently he had been on Broadway and off-Broadway and doing his musical thing and being a all-around performer. So continued to grow artistic. I mean, last night, honestly, I was so inspired by this Nicky Sanders who played fiddle that I'm like, you know what? How old is too old to learn how to play fiddle? 48 is probably not too old. What would I do in my comedy show with it? I don't know. But I'm sure... I could learn a few things from playing fiddle. So watch out, people. One more thing I added to my list of things to do. But I was inspired by him, And I do continue to grow artistically. I do continue to write songs, write new bits, do character work, all that kind of stuff. But it was nice to see affirmation and confirmation of that from these two guys who were in their 60s and 70s still learning new things and staying on top of it. So that's number eight. Number nine... Update your pro- your promo photo. Uh, Steve Martin comes out and just stabs old Martin short uh, for not having an updated photo on the promo thing. You know, I think he said I was going to ask for a, a digital copy of your headshot, but I realized it was taken before digital <laughs> photography. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of a funny one to end on. But you update your promo. So you look like who you are and what you are as you keep working, and, uh, and you're never too old to be a, a comedian. But you also want to give a fair representation of who you are physically at this point. Uh, you know, They both have aged very well, and, and Steve Martin, you know, I think Martin Short said he's, he had the gift of looking like he was 70 when he was 30, so he hasn't aged at all. But you know, updating your promo, updating your material is important. They did have a few references in some of the comedy bits they were doing that were fairly old, uh, Monica Lewinsky for one, um, there, there were just a, a handful of others where you're like, okay, that you could probably update that one or drop it, uh, update your promo photo, and just stay on top of what things are today. Um, they did make some political commentary, very light and uh, very funny, bipartisan uh, jabs at, at everybody, but they... You know they updated. I thought the show pretty well, and if Martin Short would update that promo photo, uh, Steve Martin would have one less thing to to get at him after get after him on the show about which was funny the entire time. Uh, what do I think about the show overall? I mean, those are our nine things. I'll recap that in a second. But overall, you'll have a two hour lesson of how to perform and how to be a performer and how to put on a show, how to structure a show, and you'll also. Uh, I think, well, And you can write that off, by the way. You can write off your tickets to see Steve Martin as a uh, tax expense. I'm 100% sure of that. Uh, maybe a percentage of the ticket, but you can definitely write off some of that ticket. Um, but just check them out. Steve Martin and Martin Short, they're, they're touring the country. They typically do two or three dates in a row for a couple of weeks, and they go on about their business, do something else, and they come back together. Uh, I'll link to the website to find out more about that concert in the show notes. I'll also link to Born Standing Up. That's a great book by Steve Martin that uh, you can pick up, read, and learn a lot more about his life. Uh, Martin Short also has a biography out. I'm going to try to find links to that. I wasn't aware of that until last night, so I'm going to read that book here pretty soon. And uh, lastly, I know some of you are thinking Steve Martin. Steve Martin, we've seen a lot about him in our Facebook feeds recently. He's teaching a master class on comedy. And I remember her, the the first day they went live. Before I'd even seen it, had two or three people email me like, "Oh man, Steve Martin's teaching a comedy class. You're toast." And I was excited. In fact, I've already enrolled in Steve Martin's master class of comedy, and I have no idea what to expect. I'm sure it's going to be produced really nicely. You know, it's going to look really good, and he's going to give great advice. And I'm sure I'm going to learn something as I go through his comedy course. Uh, I'm. Sh- I'm positive a lot of things I know will be reaffirmed and confirmed. Probably will. I'm probably doing a couple things wrong. Who knows? That I'll learn that I could do better, but also things I can just do differently, some techniques or approaches that I don't know about or don't practice that I could be. I'm looking forward to taking that class. So there you go. If you're uh if you've ever listened to my podcast and thought, "Why would I buy this guy's class?" is because I'm the kind of guy who's going to buy Steve Martin's class. I want to keep learning and keep sharing things. And that's the only way you can get better, right? We talk about you're never too big or too old to learn something new. I'm going to go learn from Steve Martin. If you are also signing up for his class, do me a favor. Shoot me an email, schooloflabs at gmail.com. Put Steve Martin Masterclass or something like that in the subject line. And what I might do is almost have like a book club or a study group. I'm not sure how the course is going to unfold. But if I know 10 or 15 of you guys are taking that class, we can – Maybe touch base with each other uh, through email or some other forum and just kind of see what we're learning as we go along. That would be kind of fun. And his class, I think, is cheaper than my class. So uh, you're not going to get one-on-one feedback. But uh, his class is definitely right in the under $100 mark somewhere. I can't remember what it was, but I noticed it was a couple dollars cheaper than mine. So if you want to take a class, take his. If you're curious about School of Laughs classes, we have classes coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee. In April, uh, we have three Mondays in April. It's going to be the tenth, seventeenth, and twenty fourth, and we're going to take on the performance class on those dates: the tenth, seventeenth, and twenty fourth, from six to eight p.m. We're about a mile from Zaney's in downtown Nashville area if you want to get in on that. The uh, class is 200 bucks for the live class. We meet three times. You get on stage each class and then you do your set. You sit down and you get feedback from everybody else in the class, myself included, with uh, performance tips, advice, and then we dig deep into your material and uh, help you refine it and then expand it to get the most out of each joke that you do it's a great class because everybody in the class is uh going to be a different age than you going to be half of them might be a different sex than you and different race perhaps than you and you're going to get ideas from all those different perspectives that you would never come up with on your own and those lines tend to be even funnier than the stuff we create on our own because it is from that different perspective so again that class is coming up april 10th 17th 24th from six to eight if there's enough interest, we will fit, you know finish the night from 8 to 10 with an improv class. If you're interested in that, uh, we get on stage. It's, it's game-oriented. Every game that I'll be teaching you will help you also generate stand-up comedy material, help you develop characters, timing, uh, structure, all that kind of stuff that you can use on stage. Uh, if you're interested in that, shoot me an email as well about any of this stuff, any of the online classes or the Steve Martin Masterclass, uh, schooloflass at gmail.com. Let me know how I can help you out and help you go further with what you're doing. I love the success stories that come back from different people that listen to the podcast. I'm going to wrap up real quickly with a uh, iTunes review. This one came in back in February, uh, right after Valentine's Day, from Strossi, who you guys might remember from a previous episode. Uh, Strossi was also a student of mine who's now going after it full steam ahead. He says, I began my comedy career about 12 months ago, my comedy journey, with Rick Roberts' school of last classes, writing, performance, and business. And I listened to the episodes of Rick's podcast that he recommended in the class. I started at episode number one and worked my way through the whole shebang. The podcast is not just the icing on the cake. It's the coffee, the cream, and the donuts, and the Tim Tams. Look it up. And it's wafer-thin mint. Now, every episode has relevance for every beginner looking to fast-track their stand-up comedy education or anyone looking for exceptional comedy advice. Rick's a pro comedian, excellent teacher, extremely generous, and a great bloke. There are no shortcuts. Start at number one. Strossy Buddy, thank you for that uh, iTunes review. And it's cool to see your journey. If The last time I checked, I think you were headed up to New York City to try to get some sets up there just to kind of stick your toe in the water, feel what the temperature is, and find out what you need to do from there to come back and get bigger and better. That's really cool. Thank you for that five-star iTunes review. I love the reviews. If you've never supported the podcast in any other way, a quick iTunes review is just as valuable to me as uh, grabbing a class or any of the other stuff. Thank you again to the Patreon supporters. Thanks to Steve Martin and Martin Short for doing what they do. And if you'd like, I'm going to recap real quick again the uh, takeaways that I have from the concert. Here we go. Uh, They'll be in the show notes as well. Number one, keep on working. Number two, a comedy buddy keeps you humble. Number three, you're never too big or too old to do what you're doing in comedy. Number four, use your whole life as material. Number five, develop that second skill if you can. Six, shine your spotlight on others. Seven, know what you are and who you are. Number eight, continue to grow artistically. And nine, update that promo photo, dude. If you need help with that, call uh, Nora Canfield. I'll link to her in the show notes. She is a photography genius. All right, last thing real quick. If you want to meet up with me on the road, catch a show uh, on the 24th of March, I'll be in Lincoln, Nebraska with uh, Michael Jr. at a church up there. If that interests you at all, that is... uh, Friday, March 24th, boom, right here, right now in Lincoln, Nebraska. Shoot me an email, I'll get you the details on that. If you live near Tucson, Arizona, uh, Montgomery, Texas, Branson, Missouri, Oklahoma City, Omaha, Nebraska, Grand Rapids, Michigan, or Kansas City, I'll be in all those towns and actually Jackson, Ohio again. Uh, in march and april so if uh if you're in those areas shoot me an email i'll let you know more specifics about when i'll be in the area maybe we can meet up uh for a quick snack or i can get you some tickets to the show or uh, help you out with that a lot of those are private gigs but i i do like to meet up and grab a dr pepper or coffee and a snack sometimes too so shoot me an email let's connect you guys take it easy oh sorry last thing austin texas april 4th do you live in the austin texas area I'm going to be in Austin uh, performing a little stand-up but actually teaching a crash course in stand-up comedy to the NSA chapter, the National Speakers Association chapter in Austin. That's going to be on April 4th. It's like a lunch and then uh, 70 minutes of me yakking away, teaching you comedy techniques. There is a a, a charge for it if you're a non-member of NSA, but they do allow you to come in and be part of that. I can uh, also link to that in the show notes here, and you can shoot me an email if you need more information on that. That's April 4th in Austin, Texas. I believe it's like uh, 1130 till 1 o'clock or something like that on that Tuesday. That's it. All right. I'm done talking. I'm going to get me my Dr. Pepper now, and then go outside and enjoy this nice 75-degree day. Peace out, everybody. Stay safe and stay funny. Listening to the School of Laughs Podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.